Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us in the Holy Quran. Allah says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ قَا بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ قَدْ جَعْلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرَهِ سَرَقَ اللَّهُ عَظِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse of the Holy Quran, وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever puts his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be enough for him. He will need no one besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِهُ أَمْرِهِ Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accomplishes His purpose. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala set an aim and a purpose for me and for you and for the world and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accomplish the purpose that He set out for all of us. قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to everything, everything in proportion. All our needs, the opportunities that we get, the skills that we have, all these things have been given to each and every one of us in proportion. Now, last week we spoke about what? Al-Imran. Last week's topic was the family of Imran. And Imran, as we said last week, was not a prophet. He was an ordinary man. And the whole surah of Al-Imran doesn't deal with him at all. It deals with his wife, as we said. And we said that the lesson we learned from the story of Ali Imran is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants every family to have a purpose in life. But every family must have a goal. Like individuals have a goal, like governments have goals, like organizations have short-term goals and medium-term goals and long-term goals. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants a family, a Muslim family consisting of a mother and a father and children also to have goals. And we said that Imra'atu Imran, the wife of Imran, her goal in life was Masjid al-Aqsa, Baytul Muqaddas. That was her goal in life. And we said, why? Because in her time, the Romans had conquered Palestine and they were converting people from Tawheed to Shirk. And she saw this happening and there was nothing she could do as a woman. But she intended in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do something about it. And that which she asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was what? For an army to conquer the Romans? No. For money to buy arms, to arm Muslims, to fight the Romans? No. What did she do? She asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a child. That's what she asked for. And in today's lecture we will come to realize why was it that she asked for a child? She knew that she was close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She knew Allah would answer her prayers. Yet she didn't ask for any of those things. She asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a child. 
And did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actualize her niyyah? Did Allah accept her dua? Did Allah give her what she asked for? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave her what she asked for. And when the child was born, she was disappointed because it wasn't a boy, it was a girl. Because she thought Allah will give her a boy child who will become a general or leader of an army who would go against the Romans and conquer them and return Palestine to the rule of Tawheed. But it wasn't to be. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had his own purpose in her purpose. And the purpose was eventually that she would become the grandmother of who? Of Isa alayhi salatu A greater gift, not only for Palestine, not only in the conquest of the Romans, but a miracle establishing the creatorship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it is not the parents who create the child. It is not the father's sperm that is needed to create the child. Allah emphasizes that He is Khaliqu Kulli Shay. That He is the creator of everything. And to re-emphasize this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Nabi Isa to be born from a mother who was, a, who was not touched by human hands. To reinforce the creatorship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet despite that, the non-Muslims, especially the Christians, believe that Jesus in himself, being, having been born without a father, was a miracle. It wasn't God that created the miracle. No, it was Isa who made the miracle himself. So even in the face of clear evidence, man still rejects the tawheed and the greatness and the creatorship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she asked for a child and she got a girl child. Today's lecture will be somewhat of a continuance of that. And I want to call today's lecture the voyage of discovery. We've spoken about uh, the Prophet was Hakim, what is his name? Luqman. And about his family and about his son. And last week we spoke about grandmother. And today, inshallah, we're going to go on a voyage of discovery using what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given in our hand to fulfill that which is in our heart. Using that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in our hands in order to fulfill that which is in our hearts. Because we have many things in our hearts. We dream all the time about so many things that we want to do. So much money we want to have. So many things we want to achieve. That's all in the heart. We said goals, we said missions. Only it's impossible things that we want in the heart. Because the heart is about dreaming, about big things. And we find that 99% of the things we have in our heart, we cannot realize it. We fail to fulfill the fantasies and the dreams that we have in our hearts. And I ask myself the question, why is it like that? Why is it that we have all these big dreams of doing all these big things? And we always talk about these big things. I also have my dreams. People ask me, what do you want? I said, 
I want to have so much money and build this and do that for the, for the Muslims and so forth and so on. And I know that certainly with just having the dream, it will not materialize. Not materialize. We can say, inshallah, until I, I'm ready in the face, it will not materialize. Why not? Because what I have in my hand and what I have in my heart will never meet. And so, today inshallah, we will learn how to utilize that which we have in our hands in order to actualize and realize and fulfill that which is in the heart. Because after all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this heart and the Quran speaks in the most beautiful verse in the Holy Quran, the verse on nur, on light, light. And about this verse, there is no other verse in the Quran that has been commented on so much than this verse. Nurun ala nur. Yahdi ila nurihi mayyasha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about light upon light. The light of revelation upon the light of the heart. The heart plays a very important part in our lives. The heart can love. The heart can hate. The heart can rise above everything. The heart is the center of everything. And we call the heart of something the center of, of anything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given each and every one of us skills and a heart and a brain in order to achieve a particular purpose in life. And we live on this dunya to fulfill that purpose which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decreed for us in his qada and his qadr, what we call qada and qadr. In Afrikaans, we refer to it as the, the eighth sitting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah has decreed for each and every one of us a grand purpose in life. We're not just here to grow old and to grow up, and to get married, and to have children. That is not the grand plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The grand plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is islahul art. That Muslims have been placed on this earth in order to change the earth from a bad place to a good place. In order to rejuvenate the earth. Nabi sallallahu was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that purpose. And Allah subhanahu wa when he, when he created Adam, and Adam went off the rails, and he sent Adam to the, to the world, he told the angels, Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. I am going to place creation of mine on the earth as my representative in order to fulfill my purpose. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has graced us for this purpose. He has graced us with intelligence, with emotion, with life, with partners, with wealth, 
with health. These are the graces of Allah, the barakah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or rather the tools that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. In order for us to be able to make this world a good place to live in. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. Therefore we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this world a world of hasana. A world of goodness. That's the purpose of life. To create goodness. To remove oppression. And people think when I talk about oppression and justice, it is something to do with apartheid, or it's something to do with Zionism, or it's something to do with Assad, or it's something to do with the Saudis. It's got nothing to do with any of that. Oppression starts in the home. Without oppression in the home, there would be no oppression in the world. Oppression starts when the husband oppresses his wife, the mother of his children. That's where oppression begins. And it is that example that ends in ISIS, in terrorism, in mindless killing. Starts, it all starts there. The child doesn't grow up in an army, he grows up in a home. And we ask ourselves the question, why does that child grow up to be a murderer? To be a killer? To be this or to be that? Everything starts in the home. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not created us for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qada and qadr is decree. And as I said, with all the graces that He's bestowed upon us, He's bestowed upon us the biggest grace. In terms of material support, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He had created for you everything that He put on this earth. Everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created and placed in this earth, He had given to us. In order to do what? In order to realize the purpose for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us. Ultimately, our lives are about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our talents, our gifts, the opportunities which Allah has given to us, our skills, our training, our salvation in the akhirah is all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That Allah says, He don't created man, no jinn, except that he should be obedient and carry out the purpose of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think it is a very powerful realization to realize that we are here for the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Creator of everything. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in our hands, and in your hands, and in my hands, He has put there to fulfill the dreams and the aspirations that we nurture in our hearts. So I want you to think about what is in your hand. In terms of your calling, Every person has been given a calling. I know 
Sometimes we look at the next man's hand and we say, I want to be, I want to have that which Allah has given to him. But it's not meant for you. What is meant for you is what is meant for you. What is in your hand is in your hand. The gifts and the talents has been given to you. Whether you are a shoemaker or a bricklayer or a surgeon or a president or a relationships expert or a teacher or a doctor, those are the talents which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in your hand. And I want you to think what Allah has put in your heart. Allah has put in your heart like love, love. Allah has put in your heart your purpose that you're here for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in your heart the thoughts about why are you here? Because I'm sure sometimes we ask ourselves, but really now why am I here? What is my purpose in life? Just to make money, to live from day to day? To see that I eat healthy, and be healthy, and go to the gym? So in my mind, I think I will live longer than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proposed for me. That maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe I can change my qada and qadr by, going, by doing what I'm doing. We think like that. Like I read a little joke the other day. You know, there's people who sell these jokes on the road. I always support them because I like to read these jokes. There's one little, there was one joke about these school children, I'm sure those of you who bought the latest one, I've seen this. These school kids, they were in the cafeteria and they were, they were lining up to get food and it was, this was a school run by nuns and by nuns. So the nun said to the children, there was a big bowl of apples at the end where they had to take one apple. So the nun said, children, and you should only take one apple and remember God is watching you. So of course, there's always a clever boy in the lot. And on the other table, there were a big bowl of chocolates. And of course she said also about the chocolates, she said, only one. Take one apple and put it on your plate and take one chocolate. So as they got to the chocolates, one boy said to the other boy, take two men, God is looking at the apples. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, Allah SWT has given these things to us. Allah has put in your hand what is in your hand. And Allah has given you this in your hand so that you may be able to actualize what is in your heart. And we as Muslims know that all this that I'm talking about is all about what? It's all about salvation in the Akhirah. It's all about the next life. Nothing is about this life. Yet, the way we live, it is as if the world is going to end at the grave. I mean, we will plan for everything. We set our children down and we talk about the goals that we have as a family and how much money we have in the bank and how many holidays we're going to go on to and where we're going to book for our holidays. I do the same, don't worry. Where we're going to book for the next holiday. You know, we work so hard and you know, which color we're going to paint the kitchen and what new stove we're going to put in and maybe we're going to move to a new house, etc., etc., etc. At infinitum. But who of us has ever sat down and spoken to our children about what do we plan for the Akhirah? Where do we want to be when we go on to the other side? Do you want to be together? Which part of that part of the world? We never discussed it. 
and plan to get there, how to get there, and how to be successful, and how, how to gain salvation there. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then has placed in us, as Muslims, this belief in a higher purpose. Akhirah. And those of us who live for that higher purpose live life in an entirely different way. They live in the dunya, the dunya don't live in them. Big difference. Those who have set their goals there, they live in this, they enjoy everything. They have their holidays, they have their car, they have their house, they have everything at Allah's Allah. But physically they're here, but otherwise they're not here. Maybe somewhere else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, this is a divinely, whatever purpose we have in life has been divinely planted in us. It's like we have been given, you know, a chip, they put chips under people's skins nowadays. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a chip under each of, in each of us that guides us towards our purpose in life. We realize that everything in life is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfilling the purpose. And I'm part of that purpose. I'm part of that mosaic that will define what the world will look like. But you know, as I said, we look in our hands to fulfill that is in our hearts. But sometimes we look in our hand and we see what skills Allah has given to us, the uniqueness which Allah has given to us, all the gifts and talents that Allah has given to us. And we are dissatisfied. Why am I not a doctor? Why don't I have that job? Why am I not earning that money? Why did my parents not send me to university? Why did I know? Why am I a plumber? Why am I a bricklayer? Why am I a whatever whatever I am? Why am I not that? And we tend to devalue that which Allah has given to us. We devalue it. We don't appreciate it. We devalue it. That skill, that talent. We, we, we don't appreciate it. We tend to undermine the power of the talents which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. We don't appreciate the greatness that Allah has bestowed on each and every one of us. Apart from the fact that Allah has made us Muslim, which is the greatest gift that Allah could have given to each and every one of us. We devalue that which Allah has given to us. Even the money that we have in the bank, we're not happy with it. Even the children Allah has given to us, sometimes we're not happy with it. We look at Nabi Musa as an example. Ali salatu salam. What happened to Musa? Nice man, good man. Bit of a temper, but otherwise he was... Great man. One of the five great prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah called him. He saw a fire in the distance and he said to his family, there's a fire burning there, I want to go there, maybe I can bring some of the fire back to you. Maybe it was very cold, they needed to make a fire. Or he said, maybe I'll find some guidance there by the fire. There's light there, maybe I'll see where we're going, what road we must take. And when he got there, there's a voice said to him, Musa. He got a shock of his life. What is this? 
And Allah subhanahu wa said to him, Oh Musa, I want you, the task I'm giving you is that you must lead millions of people out of bondage, out of slavery. Anakhtartuka, Surah Toha, verse 13, Allah says, Anakhtartuka, oh Musa, I've chosen you. I have chosen you above everybody else. So what was, what was Musa there for? Musa came because, you know, his family is there. They're cold, they're getting cold. He must fetch the gas or whatever. Get the firewood, make a fire. His mind was totally at another place. Allah says to me, Musa, I want you to save millions of people. Take them from bondage, from slavery. You the guy, I've chosen you. You must do it. You the person must do it. And what was his reaction? What was Musa's reaction? Musa's reaction is exactly what me and your reaction was, would have been. He literally tells Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why me? Why did you choose me? I mean, really now there's so many people in the world, why are you choosing me? He couldn't see the, his own value. He was unaware of the value which he had by himself. He was unaware of who he was, and the talents that he had, and the skills that he had. He downplayed it all the time. He was unaware of this, his purpose in life. Why Allah created him. And the next thing he does is, what we all do, we make excuses. So, you know, why you choose me, man? I can't do that. You know why I can't do it? Why not? People won't listen to me. Why won't they listen to you? I'm not eloquent. I've got a stutter, you know, Musa had a stutter. I stutter, ya Allah, I stutter, you know. I can't speak. This is a talking job. This is meaning I have to use my personality. I can't speak, you know. I'm slow of speech. And he pleads to Allah, please send somebody else. I've got nothing to offer. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said something very powerful to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa, Oh Musa, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى Remember I said, Allah, we must look in our hands and use what Allah has given in our hands in order to fulfill what is in our hearts. Don't go beyond your own capacity. Don't go beyond your own ability. Function within that which is within your grasp, within your ability. Don't be like we all are. We always dream beyond what can ever, we can ever actualize. And as I said, this brings us back to Imra to Imran, the wife of Imran, the grandmother of Isa. She asked for what? She wanted to restore the dignity of Palestine. She didn't ask Allah for an army, nor for arms, nor for wealth. She asked for a child. Why did she only ask for a child? Because when she looked in her hand, she saw that was the only thing that she could manage to give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She had no money in the bank. She was a woman. She was poor. What could she give to Allah? How could she liberate Palestine? What could she give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
What do we do? We collect millions. Shame, Palestinians are still suffering. The Saudis give billions, the Qataris give more billions, the Kuwaitis give more billions, yet there is no change. But there's one woman makes one intention, within her capacity, that she can deal with and she can handle, and Allah gives all the success. So Musa, Allah says to Musa, Oh Musa, what is in your hand? This must come as a complete shock to Musa What is in my hand? You ask me to go and liberate millions of people who are in bondage, who are enslaved, and you ask me, Ya Allah, what is in my hand? And he says, because the philosophy of it didn't get to his mind. He says, Oh Allah, but my hand, I've got a stick in my hand, a staff in my hand. Piece of rod, piece of wood. Atawakka wa alayha wa hushu biha ala ghanami. Wali fiha ma'ari bu'ukhra. He said, oh Allah, and he, and he, and he, and he, you know, he wanted to convince Allah that this stick is really worthless. I mean, you ask me what's in my mind. You know what I do with this stick? I bring my sheep together and uh, I rest on it when I'm tired. And uh, I mean, other things yeah, Allah, I do with this stick. So Allah said to him, oh Musa, throw the stick. And he threw the stick, and the stick turned to a thorban, turned into a big snake, and he was shocked. Subhanallah, this is what he was carrying in his hand all the time. This is the possibility that this stick had. And obviously there's only one possibility. Allah said to him, put your hand under, your, under the side of your body. Put your hand there and take it out and look at it. And he put it there, and he took it, and he looked at it, and it's pure white. Pure, shining, bright, white light. And then he realized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him all the things that he would need by himself to make a change in the world. By the grace of Allah, and with the help of Allah, and with the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he realized that he, he can't get out of it, he's got in his hands right, that which will fulfill the purpose of Allah and will fulfill what is in his heart. All the other problems and excuses that he made now became nothing. And he said, Rabbi Sharahli Sabri, Wayasirli Amri, Wahlul Uqdatam Milisani, Yafqaw Qawli. Because remember, what was his excuse? His excuse was, I can't speak, Ya Allah. I, I've, got a, I've got a lisp, whatever he had. And now he says, Rabbi Sharah, Oh Allah, open my chest. Open my breast. Lighten my, my breast. And make easy my task. And remove the impediment from my tongue so that those who listen to me will understand what I'm saying to And he said, وَجْعَلْ لِي وَلِيًّا مِنْ أَهْلِي And give me a friend from my family. Now he was ready to go. He was ready to go. Harun, akhi, send with me my brother Harun. He needed 
somebody with him. So he went to Fir'aun. So what is the lesson for us? Allah said to him, physically, look in your hands, see what I've given to you. Don't think about the million that you must still make to do what you want to do. Do with what you want to do, with what you have. Appreciate the skill which you have. Don't want something else. Like, you know, like today you have ulama that we want to become business people. Business people want to become ulama. Everybody wants to become a maulana. They forget the gifts which Allah given to them. Everybody come be maulanas, brothers and sisters. Everybody come be muallimas. Imagine we have a world of maulanas and muallimas. We'll all die of starvation. Nobody will grow in. We'll all die of sickness. There'll be no doctors. That's why Allah SWT has his qada and qadris is given each of us something which will fill the mosaic of life. Each one fits into life. There are no barbers who will cut our hair. So don't think if you're a barber. No, that is a skill which Allah has given to you. That's your skill. That is what you must appreciate. And that is what you must use in order to fulfill the purpose of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he came to Fir'aun. Fir'aun said to him, O Musa, so who's your Lord? Who's your Lord? Who's your Ilah? Who sent you? This is how Musa describes Allah to Fir'aun. Two descriptions. He says, My Lord... For our Lord is the one who has given everything form and nature. Allah has given everything a form. And Allah has given every form its nature. So a fish has a particular form. And the nature of a fish is it feeds human beings. It feeds. It's a source of food. And so Allah has given us لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ Allah says, and we created man in the best form. Meaning, best shape. MashaAllah, look. If you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see this beautiful shape, person with a nose. Of course, we don't see that. We only see the things that we don't want to see. We don't see the beautiful eyes. We have the nose, the ears, and how it works, how it fits together. And the movement and the life that we have. So he says, my Lord is the one who shaped everything. And you gave everything its nature. Summa And then he guided everything. So he gave the bee, the, the, the form of the bee, and the nature to make honey, and then he guided the bee as to how to make the honey. Allah created us in the best form. And Allah subhanahu has given us things that we're all good at. There are things that you're good, you're good at. There are things that you know that I know that I'm good at this. And I'm the best probably at this. Maybe it's making biryani. Give a simple example. But there is something that Allah has given to you that you feel is a gift which is not given to anybody else. If only you can exploit that particular gift that we have. 
and not look into the hands of somebody else. And Allah SWT has given this gift to us in order to fulfill something very grand. Not mediocre. Allah is the creator of mediocrity. Allah has made us to become grand. I mean, you look, you read the biographies, read biographies of great people. Where they started. I was a little boy in Lansdowne. When I lived there, there were no streets. There were no pavements. There were no street lights. In fact, it was a good life. In winter, we used to have boats in the streets. To make our own boats from zinc. And my mother used to make samosas. And I used to go and sell the samosas. That was my life. It's a grand life. I don't want a better life than that. To go to a church school around the corner. And I thought maybe one day I'm going to become a big samosa merchant, maybe. Because I also loved to, I could make it. I considered myself to be an expert in how to fold samosas in the quickest time. Because you know, business means you have to fold it quick. So you can make maybe a thousand or two thousand. So that I never, I couldn't imagine that one day I will be standing here in front of you. But that was the purpose that Allah made me for. Maybe because I appreciated where I came from what I did. So Musa salam, by merely using the gift which Allah had given to him, liberated millions of Jews from the bondage of Fir'aun. He listened to Allah. That's number one. Not like we, we listen to Allah and we say, Allah, Allah, Allah. Huh? People read the Quran, what do we do? We say, Allah, Allah, Allah. That's about it. But we don't really listen. Musa listened to Allah. Of course we know Musa crossed the Red Sea, came on the other side. And turned left. The Jews are very angry with him up to today because he turned left. They say if he turned right, they would have had all the oil in the world. So, do not undervalue and diminish in value that which Allah has given to you, which is put in your hand. Don't be like me who dream all the time about things which I'll never be able to have. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And don't look into the hands of somebody else. And put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Smile and say, Allah has given me, mashallah. What are the talents which Allah has given to me? Have I got a thousand men in the bank? Five hundred? That is... There are people who have nothing. What can I do with that? How can I use that? I know I'm dreaming about the five million that, that is going to be left to me by an uncle somewhere. But that's just a pipe dream. What about the reality that I have? 
What is my reality? And how can I use that reality? And the Nabi Sallallahu Subhanallah. If I was in issues and I looked in the mirror, then I would say, Ya Allah, why me? Why did you choose me for this great task? Unbelievable task. To change the world. What did he say when he looked in the mirror? Allahumma. What did he say? Kama hassanta khalqi fahassin khuluqi. He looked in the mirror and he said, Oh Allah, as you have beautified my physical body, beautify my character. That's what he said. In the midst of Badr and Uhud and losing all his children, bearing all his children, barring one, marrying all those widows and looking after them and their children. He looks in the mirror and he says, MashaAllah, Allah's made me so, Allah's perfected me, May Allah perfect my character. And why is it? Final question. Why is it that we look in our hands and we look at the talents and skills which Allah has given to us? We're not happy. Why? Why are we not satisfied? We're not happy. In fact, we're not happy with ourselves. I remember having gone uh, about three months ago, I had to go for my ID. So I was looking through some photographs which I had at home, and there's quite a lot of photographs in my drawer. And all I know, I, 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 every time I look at one, I thought, no, but this one is not right. Something wrong with my ear there. Maybe it's my, my nose. Maybe it's the uh, pockets under my eyes. Now I'll leave that one. Maybe I'll take one ten years younger than you know. When I took that, took ten years ago, five years ago, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't choose one that I thought made me look as I want to look, not as, not as I'm supposed to look. We never happy with ourselves. So we look in our hands. Subhanallah. We say Allah has given me these skills. Nah, man. Why am I not? Why? Why am I not that skill and that skill? So part of the greatness of being a human being is to be able to accept the talents which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And also not to over-expect things from yourself. It's the other mistake we make. I make, we make. Other people make. And that is we always have a higher expectation of what we can do. So what we do, we do nothing. So I'm thinking, you know, I must make a big pot of food and give it to the poor people. But I can never get to making a big pot of food. 
Because I don't have money to make a big pot of food. I've never thought of, can I make a small pot of food? Which is within my capacity. Can I just make a small pot of food and then feed maybe 10 people instead of feeding, wanting to feed a thousand people? We always think about things that we can't do. So you have, so you want to come to the masjid, maybe there's some poor people here, so you, you put some money in your pocket and you think, oh man, I've only got five rand loose chains. That's all right, leave it in my dough, I'm not going to bring it with. That's not enough. But that's what Allah has given you. That's what you can afford. That's what you can give. Don't wait till you get to the bank and have to change a, five, a hundred rand to five rand pieces and then come to the masjid, maybe in five years' time. Give what you can give. That is what you can give. That's what Allah has put in you. That's what you can do. Those are the talents that you have. The gifts which Allah has given to you. So may Allah SWT give inshallah that we look at ourselves differently. That we seek within ourselves those gifts which Allah has given to us in order for us to fulfill the dreams that we have in our hearts. Because every Muslim has a dream. Every man must have a dream. And as we say, you must reach for the stars. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And imagine, can you imagine what a better world this will be if we stop waiting to do good? Go always wait, isn't it? More inshallah. Anavik inshallah. Anaya inshallah. Oh, when my... My profit is now like maybe 100,000 a year. When it's 150,000 a year, I promise you, then I'm going to start giving a lot of charity. Do a lot of stuff that I want to do. Imagine we do it now, what will happen to the world. Imagine we can do it now, with a little bit that we have. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He talks about good in the Quran, what does He talk about? He talks about one word. Allah mentions goodness in one word. Allah mentions only one, not even a sentence. Not even two words. Allah says, Kalimatan tayyibakashajaratan tayyiba. Allah says, one good word is like a good tree. You say one good word. Just one good word. Allah doesn't want you to make a speech. Allah wants you to say only one good word. Khalas. And the Prophet had one date. What did he do with the date? He broke it in half. And he gave half to the beggar. All of us can do that. Nobody here can say he hasn't got one date he can break in half. Nobody of us, none of us can say he, doesn't go, he hasn't got one good word that he can say. You go home and you say darling when you open the door. One good word can change the whole Friday afternoon for you. And maybe the long weekend as well. One good word. You haven't given the flowers yet. Nothing has happened. You only said one good word. One good word. You come in, you say, darling. She says, wow. What happened in the Juma? Go back there next week. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So these are the things that we have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give that we use it. Wallahu ta'ala alam wa alaykum wa rahmatullah.